Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. I don't have any Creed lyrics for you. Too sad. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and I am not responsible for a Reef's disappearance. I promise. Luke Emmon at Luke underscore Spinman. I already need another vacation back to Mexico after last night's game. Hey, Luke's back. Welcome back, Luke. It's the Minnesota Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. For the first time in six weeks, we do not have a Victory Monday episode for you. We will talk about Vikings Broncos today with this group. That's Luke Inman. That's Luke Braun. Arif Hassan, parentheses, illness, out of today's show. I'm Sam Ekstrom. We appreciate you watching on Locked on Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Perhaps you're on the 24-7 live YouTube stream. We really appreciate that. Um, tell your friends about it. Watch your favorite shows about your favorite teams around the clock. We're also on the Locked on Vikings audio feed wherever you get your podcasts. So many ways to consume Locked on Sports Minnesota. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Plenty to get to on today's show. Vikings fall 21-20. Obviously, in a one-point game, a lot of plays swing it. And we'll talk about those plays that cost the Vikings last night in Denver. We're going to grade KOC. How'd the coach do? He's been under a little bit of scrutiny the last 12 hours or so. We'll talk about Josh Dobbs, who I think is maybe the fourth or fifth biggest culprit in this loss. But we'll discuss the quarterback's performance. And, of course, nerdy stats of the day. I got a good one pertaining to the head coach. But Luke Enman, welcome back stateside. It's good to have you back on the show. I know you're drinking through a fire hose trying to catch up on the last eight to 10 days of Vikings football, but here you are. You've got takes. Uh, give us yours on Vikings Broncos. Yeah, I had a chance to go back, rip through most of the game this morning. I did get to listen to a, a chunk of it on KFAN last night with PA driving around trying to get back home. And I, I think, I mean, without a doubt, the number one takeaway or headline in this one was Vikings should have won that game, right? Instead, they handed it over on a silver platter. I mean, the headline is they lost this one more than the Broncos won. That's how it feels this morning anyways. And, and those are the ones that it feels like always hurt the most. I think when you outplay the other team and, and the stats, too, are so lopsided today when you look back through them. I mean, possession, they dominated. Time of possession, first downs, 19 to 13. The third down defense by the Vikings, they look like the 2017 Mike Zimmer defense on third down. <laughs> Broncos didn't convert a third down until late in the third quarter. They end the game 2 of 12. And then how about this, too, the running game, man. We've been banging the table all year. That finally shows up. They win that battle 175 yards to 46 for Denver, 36 carries to 15, absolute landslide. Those are some pretty telling stats, I feel like, of one team dominating for most of the night. And it says a lot, guys, that you didn't leave Denver with a win. So if I think if I were to drop a, a pie chart of Blaine, 90% goes to the three turnovers, obviously. The other 10%, and I know we'll get into this a little bit, but I just thought, I would put that last 10% on KOC. Some questionable calls, maybe a little bit too conservative throughout that game. And and I think ultimately in a one-point game, that probably cost him. 
Pie Charter Blaine, copyright score north. Love it. Um, Luke Braun, you always ask the question of the postcast. I'll ask you, what's your headline? Uh, same thing I said on the postcast, which you can find on the Lockdown Minnesota Sports YouTube channel live after every game. And of course, on the Lockdown Vikings audio feed. Um, turnovers. That's that's I, the Vikings choked. I think that's the when I woke up this morning, I thought that, that felt like they they had that one in their hands and they choked it. They failed on their last couple of drives. They failed on their last defensive possession. They had all kinds of opportunities. Stop them on this fourth down. You win the game. You know, convert this, get in the field goal range. You win the game. They failed on all of it. They choked. Lights got too bright. That's where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, you, you can't turn it over three times. And I know one of them maybe should have been overturned, but if that were a legal hit, like if you change Kareem Jackson's hit to a legal one, that's not to the helmet, it's on the ball. Like that's more fumbling. <laughs> so yeah, you know, get a stupid, cute third one play call. Alexander Madison p- peeing down his leg, bad interception from a, from a bad pass protection from the, from the running back from Ty Chandler cost you the game. And then you had a chance to steal it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the only time you can get away with turning the ball over three times is if you create three turnovers. I just looked yeah. at that Ivan pace. What a minute 30 left in the game. They're oh, marching that. Oh, that, oh, that he almost got. Yeah. Get that ball out props to Ivan pace, by the way, obviously he's gotten a lot of love, a lot of spotlight for being a UDFA and just balling out. But, um, yeah, just the wherewithal to even pull that ball out. And then it just, he tried his best, but just squirted out of bounds, man. You only needed one. You didn't need three to match them. You only needed one. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't get it. Yeah. And you could argue that Russell Wilson threw him two. He threw him one in yep. the end zone. Metellus had it broken up by Judy. I need to watch that back. I thought Judy actually got a piece. I thought that was a good job by Judy. Um, and then the touchdown to Sutton, where mm-hmm. Metellus kind of froze. Blackman was too short to to reach up and make that catch. And there's your ball game. I thought I thought the Broncos were totally fraudulent. It, it's painful <laughs> that they won that game. That offense is a complete joke. Their run defense is a complete joke. Now they hit you hard, sometimes illegally. They rough you up. They're they're a pain to play against and credit their turnaround defensively. But there are so many fraudulent elements of that team. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to turn back into a pumpkin. And you feel the same way about this game as you did the Tampa Bay Bucks loss in week one. Another game where you were minus three in the take give. Shocker, the Vikings are 0-3 in games this year when they're minus three in the take give. Can't happen. Um, on your Kareem Jackson point, Luke, sounds like it's a suspendable hit. They're talking about suspension Man. again for Kareem Jackson, and it was not flagged. Um, that's so there's, infuriating. That's maybe a six-point, like maybe you drive for a field goal there. That's a six-point swing. Um, obviously, the Madison fumble, and I looked at this, the win probability before the fumble, 87.5, mm. which is basically the high for the game. You were kind of at that point, too, when the Broncos had a third and ten on the final drive and uh, then mm-hmm. they ran it and then converted to Sutton. But I thought that was super savvy by Sean. The Payton. run, the run yeah. play on third and 10 the draw play, get seven, yeah. make it. E- let, I, we can I, have two chances at a fourth and 10 or one chance out of, or two yeah. chances at a 10 yard play or one chance at a three yard play. I love only, it. I don't know. That's only savvy though. If you get the seven yards, they did. It's kind of right. like KOC running it yeah, yeah. on second. Look and how 10. soft they were playing. It was there. 
the the other play that bugs me is the KOC sec. There's a few that that do. KOC running it on second and ten from the twelve when yep. you've got a chance to win the game with a touchdown to I tie that, to tie Chandler, I believe to the to left tie side. Chandler yeah. got stuffed. Then third and ten got sacked. That that sequence after you converted a fake punt, you converted a fourth and one to kind of go run, run, pass, and play for three, didn't love it. Yeah, 100%. And and I was looking right before the half, right? I mean, KOC kind of gifted them three points there as well. Third and one from the Denver 48, 47, something like that. Calls that pass play out of shotgun. Dobbs swing pass to Madison, I believe, goes incomplete. Always easy to say these things in hindsight because if it works, nobody really bats an eye. But, I mean, they were punishing Denver on the ground, both Madison and Ty Chandler, averaging five yards per carry in the first half. Why not give it back to one of them? And then you're already inside Denver territory. Why not go for it? Steady punts it. Uh, I think it was Najee Thompson. Couldn't locate the ball. Ends up being a touchback. Yeah. They end up marching down, just like Philly did in that Philly game right before the half. The the Justin Jefferson turnover. Okay. It's, it's like, okay, things couldn't be bad enough. And they march right down and get those three points. And again, in a one-point game, I mean, it's plays like those and coaching calls like that. that I mean, it's easy to pick on for sure. Yeah, we're going to give KOC a grade in this game. Um I just this is a really relevant nerdy stat to what Luke's talking about, so we're going to we're going to run this early at least for me because I've got mine all key. Analytics fans rejoice. It's time to get educated. Whoa, you're blowing my mind right now. With the nerdy stat of the day. I just tweeted this out regarding the 4th and 1 from the Denver 48 on the punt. I think that's a fateful moment. And I thought it was weird at the time. I thought Collinsworth thought it was weird. The analytics said a 65% probability go rate. You know, you should definitely go there. And I thought KOC usually gets this right. And this is so wrong. And I look back at his two years as coach. It's his first time ever punting on a fourth and one or fourth and two in opponent territory. What, why, what made last night different? Was he that confident that a conservative game plan beats the Broncos? Was he that confident that his defense would get a stop? Because that's kind of how he handled the end game situation to Luke Braun. He was very much playing for threes or playing for field position in this game, I felt like. Happened uh, against the Saints too, right? Like Things turtled way up and got super conservative. Um, that's why you need to hire offensive-minded head coaches, you know? Defensive-minded head coach is always going to have this kind of problem. Oh, wait, sorry. That's what everybody said for Mike, about Mike Zimmer for two years and thought that by hiring somebody on offense, wow. we just wouldn't have this anymore. Oh, it's what teams do. People got really mad, too, during the the like six years where Mike Zimmer was like 34-1 and one with a halftime lead. Um, <laughs> like, I, like I, I had somebody saying, like, how does this always this has been happening to the Vikings for a decade? Like, no, yeah, but he lost actually, that one game, though. It's Don't it, you remember with Zimmer. It fell apart in the last two years because the defense just got like bad all the time, whether they had a lead or not. Uh, and O'Connell has not protected leads at all. So I, um, I don't know, change in philosophy. Maybe he's trying something new, but I mean, this team has blown immense leads constantly, whether they're aggressive or not. Uh, maybe going into turtle mode and you know not going for this fourth down or whatever isn't the answer either. But shoot, you got to try something. 
they can't put a team away to save their lives. They were they were driving to finally get up and like it would have been it was seventeen to nine when when Madison fumbled right. That's that's the killer. That's yeah. Punch it in there. It's twenty four to nine and and it that's that starts to feel you know detrimental to to the Broncos right. But no, you choked it away. I don't know. Learn to put a team away. Play with a lead. Do you think any of it has to do with just how well this defense is playing under Brian Flores right now? Like there's there's maybe somebody in the back of his mind going, yeah, well, you know what, though? Our defense is playing just lights out, though. I mean, maybe we, you know, let them do their their magic and and do what they do best and maybe they can come up with a stop. Because you're right, Sam, like it just doesn't seem like KOC, the KOC that we've known anyways over the last year and a half. It's just very uncharacteristic for sure. And And did you say fourth and one or fourth and two? He's never inside. The opponent territory never not gone for it, no he's matter where they're at. For it. Wow. Never. I mean, wow. well, great. Like he's kicked some field goals. Oh, but, okay. I, I, but he's never punted. He's never punted in that mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, I, I I thought it was weird in the moment. You've yeah. got and and again, the Broncos get the ball out of the halftime, so you know they can double dip now. Mm-hmm. You're giving them a chance with. I think multiple timeouts and over a minute, that's an easy and at altitude. They only need 40 yards, maybe a little bit too much faith in Ryan Wright for getting the touchback there. I think Wright actually um, wasn't calibrating the altitude maybe because he was a little bit deep on a couple of those punts where he needed to kind of bounce it at the 10. So Thompson could down it. Yeah. I, I wanted the- to, is, is that the deal? Is it supposed to land on the 10? Cause those landed on like the five. If you get a good bounce, those are phenomenal. Right. I guess it. You, you, I got got to be in the in the earpiece to know what the call is. Is it like, you know, a pitching wedge where he's trying to spin it back, or is he trying to bump and run yeah. it down to the one? I don't know what type of punt or style it was. The way that Wright dropped the ball on the punt, it looked like he was trying to spin it back to me. So let me shout out um, Kevin Fielder, who writes special teams articles on a Substack called Special Teams Matter. And also writes for uh, Vikings Wire. I'm going to ask him right now. Yeah, that would be interesting to know. I, I saw some people on the timeline who, you know, had mm-hmm. a few things to say about you know Wright's game yesterday, and just would have been nice, obviously, to get even just one of those downed inside the twenty. Instead, um, they both go for touchbacks. So yeah, that was a little disappointing as well. A lot of different factors last night. And again, when you lose by one point, boy, easy to cherry pick all these things for sure. It is. Everything is so magnified. Yeah. Um, let, we'll, we'll give KOC a grade. We'll give Dobbs a grade in this game. I think we got to talk about the quarterback, too. He's not the focal point, but he is a big part of the story um, from this 21-20 Vikings loss. But first, a word from LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps bring you today's show. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates. That's why you check out LinkedIn Jobs. They help find the right people for your team faster and, most importantly, for free. So you add your job to LinkedIn, put the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, spread the word that you're hiring to your network. Simple tools like screening questions. With I, I, I think this is so smart make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience to help you filter through the morass that can be a pile of resumes. It's very hard to get to the bottom of it and find the person you need. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we got grades to give KOC, grades to give Dobbs, but first, Luke Braun is going to knock your socks off. Let, let's even run the intro again. <laughs> That's how big this nerdy stat is going to be. Analytics fans rejoice. Woo-hoo-hoo! It's time to get educated. Whoa, you're blowing my mind right now. With the nerdy stat of the day. And let's, for effect, let's give it one of these. So I don't know about you guys, but... It has felt to me for my entire Vikings watching life that the Vikings do one thing consistently, and that is outgain their opponent in losses, which they did on Sunday. This is going to be a historic stat. Oh, boy. Uh, No, not historic. But this year, they've lost five games. In those losses, they have gained a total of 1,936 yards. Uh, Their opponents have gained 1,771 yards. Mm Mm-hmm. But maybe, hey, maybe their opponent played a lot more plays. Maybe it's a time of possession thing, right? So I did it from a yards per play perspective. The Vikings, in games they have lost, have outgained their opponents 5.9 yards per play to 5.4 yards per play. They, on average, outgain their opponent in losses. The kicker in those losses, the turnover ratio, 13 giveaways to just two takeaways. I'm ready to 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 storm the castle here. I, it's so infuriating, so infuriating. They could and, be if they could just get their crap together on turnovers. They could be like eleven and one. It's so Man. hard to solve for turnovers. It's so hard to to look back because right because it's it's so spread out. It's a Hawkinson yeah. drop here, and, right, it's, all it's, over it's a thing every time. Yeah, it'd be one thing. It's like, ah, oh, the quarterback's throwing a ton of interceptions and you go, OK, well, that's that's the deal. But right. it's like for, uh, like down to down play to play. They're doing so many things right. So mm-hmm. you talk about like, ah, oh, Madison is a problem and this is up in the O-line. And the, what about the defense and Dean? Lauer, all these guys down to down doing fine. But everybody has made one mistake mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe two. That's brutal. Yeah, um, it'd be so much easier to just say, OK, here's pinpoint the the issue the one maybe two guys even at this point because there's been so many but that's just not the case you're right it's just so spread out so evenly and that's why it's frustrating for sure so in in light of sort of the conservative game plan conversation we we came off of inman what are you grading koc for this one keeping take keeping in mind too fake punt Worked out yeah. nicely. Yeah, yeah. like some, some good stuff. But what would you grade him? I don't know. Maybe the bar has been raised a little bit higher. Maybe I'm going off the curve. Just how well I, I've been grading him throughout at least this last, you know, five, six weeks, this winning streak. But I'd probably say C minus. Uh, again, easier to say when you lose a game like this. And it's, it, you know, you can sit here and cherry pick all these things. It's a little bit easier. But, you know, I know the crux of this game, too, came down to three turnovers, which, again, that's on the player. That's not on KOC. That's not on a coach. But I still think there's there's plenty to to criticize, I think, when it comes to some of his decisions. We already touched on a few of them. He gift-wrapped that three points before the half when he called, again, a pass play on third and one, then punted, which, you know, your nerdy stat pointed out he's never done very uncharacteristic. And when you lose by one, yeah, it's 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 hard not to point the finger at him. Love the fake punt. I mean, you called it out. Love that. But then you follow that up 
with going super conservative down in the red zone. And you think about it, you get a touchdown down there instead of a field goal. Maybe the game's over. Maybe that's enough. So, yeah, I mean, it's only been, what, 12 hours or so since the game ended. So it's all it's it's kind of raw and fresh still, mm -hmm. but I, I'm going slightly below average for KOC. I'm going to go with the C- minus for last night. Yeah. Ron? I'm going to be a little nicer. I think uh, it's like we, we can talk about a couple of decisions, right? You can say, ah, oh, that fourth down, that second and 10 play call. Those are singular plays in a game where there's 100 plays. Um, and I, I think the game plan on the whole, like I want to look at big picture, right? The game plan offensively was to come in and run the rock. And I think that's the right move against the Broncos. I think you want to come in and gash them on the ground, which they did. They they put up 170, 140 from scrimmage. You killed them on the ground. I think you came in wanting to run and you ran. That's a success to me. Um, what amount of, of the turnovers do you put on the head coach? I think is, is sort of a nebulous question, right? Because mm -hmm. ultimately, yeah. you can't carry it for them. And they've been drilling turnover stuff. They've been doing all the things you do when you have a turnover problem with that big, funny black poker thing. And yet it still happens. That's on the dudes to me. Uh, the, you know, blowing a block. Hey, that was schemed up right on the whiteboard. You just lost Ty Chandler. Like those major moments to me are, are execution more than they are a schematic issue or a coaching issue. Um, but yeah, man, they, they totally melted down in the third quarter penalties and, you know, discipline and stuff like that. So you still have to give him some portion of that. I'm gonna go with a flat B. I don't, I don't think it was a below average coaching performance. In fact, I, I think the Vikings got more positive stuff out of O'Connell than the Broncos did out of Peyton. I think O'Connell was the better coach in this one. Um, but yeah. I don't think that they were the more consistently executing team, and that's on players. And the Broncos had to give up draft picks for Sean Payton. Let's not forget that, too. Yeah. Give up draft picks for a dude that couldn't figure out how to, how to deal with a team that drops eight a lot. I mean, they were befuddled by Russell Wilson yeah. was totally befuddled by that. Mm -hmm. And Russ is washed, that's, man. That's a Brian Flores thing. But uh, I mean, hey, if the head coach has to eat the turnovers, he also can take his part of the credit for a good defensive game plan, even though the defensive coordinator came up with it. Yeah. Yeah, can I just take the average and go C plus? I think that you both raise great points. I was pretty sour on some of those singular plays we talked about with KOC, but in general, the situational mastery that he preaches and was known for last year, I thought was absent in in this I, game. It's thought, that's been an issue all year, and lo and behold, they they win fewer close games. Correct. Um, bad going into the half, bad ending the game bad in the opening script where they didn't have a lot of time to execute it, but you had two fumbles in the first, was it first three plays, two fumbles. So I'm i uh, I'm, I'm a little down on KOC right now. And I feel like that maybe combined with the second half against the saints. Uh, maybe that had a carryover effect for me, but let's talk about uh, his just real quick. Yeah. 11 or yeah, no one score games last year, five and four heading in last night, five and five yeah. now in one score games. Mm -hmm. Does that sound right? Five and that five is regression to the mean. Yep. Regression to the mean. Can't wait to get to our bye week episode and go over all our preseason predictions because yeah. I know that was one of them. Sam, you what? do a great job of coming out with the <laughs> list of questions, but um, if I recall, was, I predicted yeah. that on the season, they would be five and five in one I, score. I games. think you're right. I <laughs> think they're before I think, Thanksgiving. <laughs> 
I think a couple of us <laughs> said there was going to be at least seven or eight one-score games, and Arif's head almost popped. Yeah, Arif was like, "Come on, it's like normal." No way. I'm like, "Have you watched this team? Come on." And Josh we were Dobbs. we still underestimated it. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah, going to be well, there's going to be like 13 for the year, maybe 14, maybe 15. The quarterback Dobbs fumbles an issue through his first Vikings interception. Not great. S- still did had two plays that are were absolutely magnificent in this game. And th- like th- this is the high variance Dobbs that I think we know we have. He's going to give you some plays with his legs that change the fabric of the football game. And he's going to give it away sometimes. He He's not going to be able to work his way out of every uh, pickle when the pocket collapses. So how are you and Dobbs, Luke Braun? How, what do you think today? I mean, that that's always been the deal, right? Like you said, um, this is why when the Saints game happened and, and everybody was like, oh my God, this guy's real. He should be the guy. Let's, let's talk. People were saying the words contract extension or at least talk about it. And it's like, okay, chill out, right? Like, let's see him do it for many weeks in a row. It's a week-to-week proposition with Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirk was a week-to-week proposition too, in a different way. And if he had a meltdown, it would come, I think, a lot rarer than Dobbs's have come in his, like a lot rarer in his career. But, you know, you look at what Dobbs did in Arizona and to a lesser extent what he did in Tennessee and in Pittsburgh earlier in his career. And this is always who he is. He threw some unbelievably dangerous throws. He always will. It's just who his personality is as a quarterback. And you just have to say, all right, I'm going to put up with some picks sometimes. I don't necessarily think that the pick was his fault this time. Um, The fumble was as much as, again, like I wish it was called. You got the ball knocked out. That's on you. Um but he like deserved more turnovers anyways. So like, I don't know that that balances out uh, to the question. Uh, the, the like actual major question. We talked about this last night on the postcast too, is his leash any shorter? I think it's about the same. Cause I, I, I was thinking about it coming into this game. If Dobbs had a total five turnover disaster, we probably don't go with him in on Monday night. And I think that that's just like the same still. Like if he has a five turnover disaster, we don't go with him. Otherwise, he's probably still. If he has another game like this one against Chicago, you probably still stick with him. Um, I mean, Mullins was ready to with, go, right? Like, well, do you have even a clear option? Because Hall is ostensibly still dealing with concussion symptoms and potentially had a setback. Because didn't he go from either full to DNP or full to limit? Like he he had I a don't, regression. This week, did he? Did he I not? don't think he did. I don't think I, he he part. I, or I think he that. was limited. Okay, okay. let me that, let me that, double check on that because especially yeah, with, be with concussions, misreporting it can be like I really don't yeah, want let, to. Let, let's let's check on that. Um, Luke Luke Inman, what are you thinking about Dobbs? Yeah, I mean a C, I guess. You know, if we're going back to the great, I'll, I'll just say this: I know he looked like um, you know the backup quarterback yeah. we all thought we were getting when we traded for him during the second half last night and the second half last week versus the Saints. Certainly concerning, for sure. It feels like you get to certain points in these games that the, the offense hits a big lull, and it's like, all right, have have these teams figured out Josh Dobbs, how the whole thing works? But I also, 
I want to, I mean, I have to give a lot of credit to the Broncos defense, man. I mean, that defense has been absolutely lights out the past month. And I think they really deserve a lot of credit as well because they've shut down Mahomes and, and some other big names lately. And, and, you know, I don't think you're going to face a defense like that every week. So, um, you know, you can pinpoint and kind of cherry pick like the Dobbs running magic that wasn't there, but you look at the last two games, the Broncos defense held Mahomes and Josh Allen. Mahomes and Josh Allen to a combined 33 yards rushing the two weeks prior. So, yeah, I mean, it's what? It's only week three for Dobbs here in Minnesota. He's still learning on the fly a little bit. But now you got to go on the road, on prime time, face arguably the hottest defense in the league. And I guess I, I just didn't expect a game from Dobbs that was going to, you know, wake up the next morning and have Pro Bowl stats in the box score. I just hoped he would make enough plays to come away with the win, like we've seen the last few weeks, even if it did look messy and kind of wild and coloring outside the line, so to speak. But yeah, I would go with the C. I, I mean, certainly not what you wanted for sure. But again, that Broncos defense, man, has just been absolutely on fire. Yeah, they they rough you up. And and I did confirm, I think Bron did too. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Hall he he was went a DNP on Friday. Limited and then full and then back down to DNP. I don't know what the deal is oh. with that. Or maybe they just realized you're not playing... Let's just not even bother with you. Um, we'll have to see. I don't know. The concussion protocol is one of those yeah. things that that there's so many variables to it that predicting it feels like a fool's errand. Um, with Dobbs, it is interesting though. If Jaron Hall is healthy, do you? Is I mean, Nick Mullins was above him in the depth chart before he went out, but lots changed since then. Um, hey, sorry, go ahead. But with with Dobbs. I think that's a good way to put it, Luke. Like he didn't quite make enough plays. Um, he made some. I mean, that that touchdown to Josh Oliver was sick. Mm -hmm. He hit Josh Oliver up the seam in the first half in an absolutely awesome pass that I don't think is actually usually part of the progression. I think he just picked that out. Um, could be wrong on that, but like there were a lot of really sick scrambly plays. In the second half, that dried up as the Broncos played contain better. Now the book is out, right? And with a minute 18 and three timeouts, I'm telling you, if if Kirk's there, I'm going, I'm thinking that's got about a 90% to get the field goal we want. Like Kirk always hit that last year. Yeah. 2021, Kirk, that was it was always a disaster. But the quieted mind, Kevin O'Connell, Kirk, even this year, like, you know, 118 and three timeouts, I feel great about that. Dobbs, now next time we're in that situation. With Dobbs under center, I'm going to go, oh, man, is he just going to kind of like scramble backwards, run back and take a 15 yard sack and we lose? That's what happened, right? Yeah, there was a pressure that third and 10 horrible play for for Garrett Bradbury ended up on his butt. But you turn something bad into something worse, right? You couldn't get the ball away. You ran backwards 15 yards and took an intentional grounding. Um, that's not making enough plays, right? There's you, mm -hmm. you, you got you got to create something. And he didn't, that's not enough. And so when we want to talk about what do we do next year, right? Are we bringing him back into camp? To me, that's a, that's a, uh, an L in that question. That's, that's, that's a, a reason to not is, well, if I can't trust you with a minute and three timeouts to get a field goal, what are we doing? 
Yeah. It, I need to all- see a bigger sample size. It, again, Broncos defense has just been lights out, but I hear, I absolutely hear the argument 100%. Yeah. You, you're not going to win in the NFL more games than not if your quarterback, if you can't trust your quarterback to move down the field in those pressure situations, you know, when the game's on the line, buck 30, minute left, whatever it may be, for sure. I get that. And um, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to bring up, and, and Luke actually touched on it too right before I was going to mention it, but just Josh Oliver. Anybody pleased about Josh Oliver's usage last yeah, night? A, Something we all thought, I think we were getting, we were going to get this all season long when we paid him all that money. Caught four targets, all four balls thrown his way. Huge touchdown in the red zone on that improv Dobbs play. I mean, you get that kind of production every game from him. That's going to help you. I think that's going to help you out a lot in those two tight end packages, those heavy sets when you're running the ball like they did last night and be able to mix in that play action to a second weapon like Josh Oliver. That was fun to see. That was nice. Did they yeah, get hundred yards out of tight ends? This game? Yes, they did. They did. And I think oh my they God, gave yeah, a maintenance day. I, have you seen the snap counts? I'm, I'm fairly certain that Oliver got a much bigger chunk than usual. Oh, was he not in? He still led the Hawkinson still led the team in targets and receiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Oliver, 34 Hawkinson, 52. So that's, that's probably about a 15 snap reduction okay, for so Hawkinson. A couple drives off kind of like the last game. So they're still kind of putting him on us. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think he's on a pitch count slightly, not maybe not, you know, all the way 52 snaps is still quite a bit. I'm and yet willing... leading the team and receiving by a lot, but he's not right. worth the money. No, <laughs> um, very willing to believe that the fumble issues with Dobbs may not be a perpetual problem. I think the snap stuff is just more reps with Bradbury, more better technique under center. Um, You know, when you run the ball like Dobbs does, you're susceptible to that. You're susceptible to guys targeting you and uh, having the ball pop out. So I, I think it's more so for me, the throws, the risky throws. Um, And I actually see the the wheels turning with Dobbs a little bit that, okay, now that I know the offense, I actually need to try to get through my progressions. I can and he's, see it. He, he's really hanging in the pocket a long time on some of these plays, maybe almost to a fault, where against Atlanta, there was no expectation. He could just go on his, his instincts, his athletic instincts, and make stuff happen. No one's going to be upset. There's no expectation for him. And now that there's an expectation, I actually think he might be overthinking sometimes in the pocket and saying, okay, well, I got to get it to Addison here because I got through my progressions and I don't want to run here. I don't want to over rely on that. And it might be costing him um, on a couple of these risky throws that were nearly picked. So I will say last night too, against that Denver defense and I'll have to watch the all 22 and watch it back. But again, just knowing that they held Mahomes and Allen to 33 combined rushing yards, clearly they go into those games against mobile quarterbacks with Mm -hmm. at least, you know, a spy on every player or whatnot, and and really probably put a heavy emphasis on making sure Dobbs was forced to do that this week. But I hear what you're saying with that argument, Sam, for sure. You could see it. Yeah. It's slow. That's, that's part of it too, is, is, he had some fantastic pockets and I have been hard on the line because they kind of fell apart at the end, but it's not easy when your quarterback holds the ball that long. Like we talked about this with cousins when he would hold the ball on this, this is way longer. Um, that is just going to make everything a lot harder uh, 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 in the trenches, which is another thing that's like, okay, yeah, this dude is, is a backup. But like if, 
if Cousins had the game that Dobbs had in Atlanta, we probably would be complaining about it because of all the turnovers and stuff. But like mm-hmm. that would be an insane thing to compare apples to apples because the contexts are so different. The contexts are less different now. He does. I know Chris Collinsworth went on a whole thing in the broadcast about how Kevin O'Connell, you know, would would like explain the play calls in the huddle. They aren't doing that. anymore. O'Connell said that they aren't doing that anymore, that 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 now, he know, he knows the plays. He's still got the wristband. A lot of cousins did, too. Um, but it's w- way less, you know, on the fly install stuff like they they have full complements of game plans. And so I think the excuses run dry a little bit. Dobbs has to get through this faster. He has to get through his progressions more quickly and things need to be more on time and in rhythm. Um, That will make the offense do better in the future, but we kind of have to see if he can do that. And I think he has a lot of time to make that happen uh, and to kind of earn a little bit more leeway when it comes to making off season decisions. How many snaps did he bobble last night? Two, two, two. Two? Yeah. I believe neither it got fell on sticks out. Could have been. One was the first play of the game, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yeah, you're right. And then I think and there was Ma- another one. He just had Madison. Matt. Yep. And Madison bobbled the direct snap, um, which was another people. Yeah. Using which that was just Madison. I, that was a fine snap to me. Speaking of correct. Speaking of which, let's debate the running back situation. We've still got some time left on today's Minnesota football party. Stick with us. First, a word from DoorDash. DoorDash is one of our great partners here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? Order on DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites. Just had a good uh, watch party opportunity with a Sunday night game. Now a Monday night game coming up. Have your friends order. Get some groceries. Get some apps. Get your favorite restaurant food via DoorDash. Pizza, wings, soda, burgers. Or you can just... Get the hot dog buns from the store with DoorDash, and you won't miss a second of the game. Quick to order. Just hop on the DoorDash app, get what you need, bing, bang, boom, and it's coming your way um, to make sure that you don't miss a second of the game. Get 50% off up to uh, $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, 50% off, up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. Enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply, LOCK23, DoorDash app, and fuel your football watch party. We began this debate on the postcast last night with Ron Johnson, Luke Braun, and myself. We'll further it today with Luke Inman's input. We'll call you Luke Input whenever you have something like really big to say, Luke. <laughs> Copyright. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that'll be trademarked. Where do you stand on the running back debate? Because Ty Chandler, yeah, he looks explosive. He's looked good. Um, and last night, including the fake punt, vastly outgained Alexander Madison. But the pass blocking, that's the kicker here. Where yeah. do you stand on this running back debate? Yeah, no, you, you're totally right. Maybe you guys touched on it last night. I think at this point, that's the only thing holding him back from giving Ty Chandler the like the full-time job at this point. And, and they just don't feel clearly. And this goes back to training camp, too, and try to figure out Kenny's situation and Ty and just how this whole running back rotation was going to work. They don't feel totally confident in his pa- pass blocking and protecting the quarterback. You saw it again last night. 
I think it was uh, the interception to Josie Jewell, linebacker from Iowa. Mm-hmm. He got blown up. Dobbs' arm was hit, and it turns into an interception. So especially with Dobbs right now, a guy who's still learning on the fly, I think they want to give him all the help they can. But as far as just a pure runner goes, I think Ty's proven But at this point. He adds a little bit more juice, some more explosiveness to the run game that, you know, this run game as a whole. And, and Madison, I mean, he looked great last night, but – Where's it been all year? Basically, it just hasn't been consistent. So I think if it weren't for the pass blocking, he'd be the guy hands down, in my opinion. I think Madison, on the other hand, you just he's a guy who you know what you got by now, right? Like if, yeah. if he can get north and south and get some steam moving downhill, he still gives you a great compliment, something he always gave Dalvin Cook a nice little one-two punch with. But, you know, the fumbles are a huge issue with him. And I think until I see something different, I think Chandler should be getting – at least, what was the snap count last night? Like Madison, three to to, to two, uh, kind of two to two ratio. to one. Madison, two Madison, to one. Okay, forty eight. Chandler, twenty three. Okay, I mean, until I see something different, I think it should be at least a 50-50 split. Um, and maybe it's a Ty Chandler situation, which sounds odd because Madison's running style, being that in between the tackle north south guy, feels like more of a first and down guy, but. If the only reason you're you're limiting Ty Chandler is because of the passing situations, maybe Ty Chandler should be getting the bulk of carries on first and second down. Maybe it, at minimum, right? And then on passing downs, you find a way to put him in the best position to succeed until he can. And who knows? I mean, some running backs just never figure it out. Look at Adrian Peterson, as good and as talented as a physical specimen as he was. The the whole passing situation, whether it was pass blocking or even just catching on the backfield. After 10 years, he just never figured it out. But maybe it's just a a uh, situation where he just needs more reps. He needs more practice at it. Maybe he can hone that craft eventually. And I presume, again, that's that's really the only bugaboo right now, holding Ty Chandler back. Because when he's just got the ball in his hands, man, you can see it. He's provided a huge spark to this running game. Yeah, Bron, you've kind of been, I, I don't want to say a Madison apologist, but you've wanted to to give him opportunities here is that kind of just how you want feel? people to relax a little bit people are just going too hard at it i think criticizing madison is fine there's a lot of things that he has done incorrectly he's fumbled he has been credited with not one but two fumbles on the year uh i think people the fumble thing i feel like i'm being gaslit a little bit he's he's got two there are a couple of times from i think it was the eagles game where he fumbled but he was called down and while those are annoying and i i was annoyed by them that day as well you can't you can't count those because then you have to count that for everybody and what counts is a fumble but you know you were you were down but it was just barely what counts is just barely uh you know how do you change this stat for that how do you change the exp- like you can't really compare him to other guys that way uh so it it feels really difficult to like add those to the stat unless you just like are trying to push a narrative which it feels like a lot of people are just doing um vision wise I think if you say that Ty Chandler has better vision than Alexander Madison, I I really I want to challenge people to show me what they mean by that because I don't think that that's true remotely at all. Uh, I know there is a, the meme about Madison and his vision, which I think is just people getting really mad over a play from like three years ago, the Seattle uh, game, the Seattle game <laughs> yeah. play, which also involving Russ about. with the last minute that, drive. Yeah, yeah, which they are wrong about that play was CJ Ham's fault. Um, but. People now it's just what's in people's heads and everything you see is just going to conform to what's in your head. Cause that's how our brains are wired. But I, I, I like, I, I want to challenge people to say, okay, what was the read on this play? Um, it, like I think about, there was a play from last week that uh, Matt freeze 
at, at it's fries, like French fries football, um, who posted a play of Ty Chandler and said like, this is a misread. It was a, it was a clear as day misread. Um, he bounced a play. He should not have bounced it. Uh, and had a much better hole if he, if he takes what was beautifully blocked for him. And people went crazy on it. People said that, well, you don't know what you're looking at. That's Madison wouldn't have done that. And like people need to look at it. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I feel feel like I'm, I'm taking crazy pills here. Um, Madison has better vision than Ty Chandler. Uh, you fight me. Um, that said, Ty Chandler has burst, right? And that's what Madison doesn't have. He doesn't explode through the hole. And so those gains will be limited. And with Madison being better at pass protection, I've kind of come to the conclusion, I think 50-50 is appropriate. Which, look, man, that's the second time guy that I've said this about with Madison. Madison started this season as the bona fide starter, and he has now fallen to a guy that should probably be in a carry split with somebody else. Which, hey, we all thought that's what would happen in the offseason. But, like, he has... That's bad. That's a bad season. You've lost your claim to snaps. So please do not mistake me for secretly saying Madison is good. I am not saying that. I think a running back is a glaring need in this offseason. Neither of these dudes are good. I think these two dudes are on about equal footing and, and an even split is appropriate. Uh, we were told we were going to get an even split by Tom Pelissero that morning. I guess we got more of more of a two to one split. So I think an even split is appropriate but I want to temper takes down to that instead of like leave him on the tarmac in Denver. I don't think that that's appropriate at all. Um, I, I, I know the fumble and the turnover is going to put kind of an asterisk or a black eye on his game last night, but was last night his best game of the season, just as far as a pure runner if, goes. Yeah. If you take the fumble out, which you probably shouldn't because that fumble was Correct. horrible. I mean, he didn't, he just dropped it like Jesus. Um, but I'm yeah, he's a, his Space. elusive grade, one twenty six point nine elusive grade. Yeah, he was unbelievable. and jiving, man. It was great. Mm. Um, and I, I think if he hadn't fumbled, yeah, we'd be talking about like, wow, Madison had a good game. Kind of reminds me of like coming off of the Eagles game earlier in the season, and then the the Vikings ran it down the Chargers' throats, and we go, oh, there we go. Okay, Madison kind of earned a little bit more leash with us. But you fumble, you you ruin your day. I'm sympathetic to that. Um. There's a lot of layers to this, but like let's let's just keep in mind all of the running backs that have come around here the past few years that look more explosive and faster than Alexander Madison, who can't surpass him on the depth chart. Mike Boone, Cam Akers, Kenny Wong Wu, Ty Chandler, AJ all Rose. bad vision guys. They're, they're all, all better. Not see the field. They're all you might say better athletes but don't fulfill the intangibles that you need. Um, I I haven't seen sort of routinely bad pass blocking from Chandler to think that's a gigantic problem, but it killed you last night. It only takes one or two times in a game to, to flip the game on its head. You got to be 100% on that kind of thing. Madison is better there. Um, that being said, I'm with Braun. Like, I still think that, the gains you get in the screen game, the high ceiling you get in the run game with Chandler, I think it offers you a, a, a lot more potential offensively. Because again, you're not getting anything explosive with Madison. I mean, he's very he's having a career low yards per carry year. So I'm I'm all about elevating Chandler 
in the snap count, but just like Bron said, understand why they've stuck with Madison as long as they have. Mm-hmm. So um, where are we all? Where are we leaving? Fifty fifty split. That's where yeah. I think it should go. Yes, fifty yeah. fifty yeah. split, and throw the whole room away in the off season. <laughs> I would, I would, I would bring Chandler back. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that's Miles. Bring guys back under contract and see who makes the team, right? That's but I mean, the, you're. I want to bring in a free agent and draft a guy. I think that room needs a serious infusion of of talent. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, um, I got to get to my nerdy stat real quick. I know we're about to wrap up. Um, Russell Wilson, guy's eight and one versus the Vikings now. Pretty nerdy. I know. God. I mean, that's about as nerdy as you can get. But it guy. just needs to be said. The guy's eight and one. The Vikes cannot beat this man, no matter Probably what jersey he's in or how average he plays. I mean, his QBR was a 32 last night. They didn't convert a third down until end of the third quarter. And he does it again. Mr. Unlimited, he does it again. He just finds a way to break our hearts. Eight and one. They they uh, they beat him in 2021 mm. for their first win of the year in come from behind fashion. Their only win against Russell. Mm. Um, but in how many of those games did you feel like the Vikings kind of had his number? Like the playoff game, obviously, the Blair Walsh miss. Oh, yeah. The game in Seattle where that we've talked about with the late drive, DK Metcalf, Cam Dantzler. Yep. Cam Dancer losing it in the lights. A handful of others as well. Yeah. Um, it's been it's been rough. I don't like the Broncos at all. I'm gonna bet against them in our parlays going forward. <laughs> um <laughs> sense of bitterness. <laughs> we'll make those bets on Thursday. Ron Johnson will join Arifasan, perhaps. We'll see if he's uh back from the the IR. But thank you for watching. Minnesota Football Party for listening to the Minnesota Football Party and all of our programming here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. To our everydayers, we love you, and we will talk to you in a few days. And, oh, a happy Thanksgiving as well from all of us here at Locked on Sports Minnesota.